0: I hope what you learned from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. All right, Solar Warriors, welcome back to Tactical Tuesday. This is practical advice in your career and your business as you grow with us here on Suncast. My friend Mohammed Abdallah has one of the top solar companies in the nation and it's not for nothing that they've become the top tesla solar roof installer and the top span smart panel installer in the united states today's tactical tuesday goes into how to give value in every stage of the process mom and his team down in austin are kicking tail and we talk in detail about the hardest parts of building the business the power of good marketing the power of selling high ticket items and the trojan horse of low ticket items and the triple bottom line of solar and clean energy friends dig in and if you like this kind of content i hope that you are subscribed to suncast so that you and tune in to the more than 600 episodes in our back catalog, and we don't plan on stopping anytime soon. You can find all of that and more at mysuncast.com. For now, let's get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another tactical, practical conversation here on Suncast. I've said this from day one when I'm uh, advising folks that you need a, a, you need a Trojan horse, you need a catalyst. Sounds like Mm -hmm. you recognize that and you were Mm -hmm. like, I'll knock on the door and tell them they need a nest. And then that gives you a customer that you can upsell. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when you're on this journey, you're talking to everybody and anybody you can about your thoughts and beliefs and your entrepreneurial, you know, ambitions. And I was talking to a guy in a locker room at a gym and he was like, oh, you're in solar forget solar. It's not going to do anything. Oil and gas is the future. Uh, But if you want to do something worthwhile, you should become a Nest Pro. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, Um, you know, as an entrepreneur too, you're going to throw, you know, keep what you like and throw in what you don't. So I continued to push for solar, but I did sign up to become a Nest Pro. And then I put one thermostat at my mom's house, my brother's house, started giving myself five-star reviews and then next thing you know, I'm getting five, six, seven Nest requests a day. Um, Hey, I need two thermostats, three cameras. You just build the business however you can. You know, it's a bootstrapping uh, method. If, you know, in my thirties now, would you ask me if I'd bootstrap again? I'd say, I don't think I can do it all over again. But you know, the next kind of milestone, it does. The next milestone was EV chargers. We started installing EV chargers, getting in people's homes. Guess what? A lot of those people are gonna buy solar in a few, in a couple of years. And, um, slowly we were just able to, to start rolling in the solar business because Michael became part of the picture and, um, the 40 grand didn't turned into 80 turned into 120. It could continue to grow. And I was, you know, I was living very frugally. Um, uh, but it was, it was a sacrifice well worth it.
0: I love that story. Uh, I don't want to leave too many stones uncovered here. Honestly, you've you've, been, you've shared a lot of information. I want to focus really quickly on something that, this is why I want to interview more founders of installation companies, because that's where the rubber meets the road right now with Tailwind behind us. And I know because we've talked about this, you're a big tent, uh, rising tide lifts all boats kind of guy. There just aren't enough good faith energies in the world. Like There aren't enough really solid installation companies that homeowners can rely on. And part of what I see is there are kind of two cultures. One is this sort of door knocker bro culture of let's go basically like take as much money from the homeowner as we can while the getting's good, which is ruining our industry, in my opinion, and I am I'm vehemently against it. Uh, and the other is folks that they start out with the end in mind, but they want to be at the end. Uh, they want to start selling a full tilt like solar and storage and Uh, And home automation, like all in one, out the gate. And unless you have deep pockets or you're a big alarm company or you're spawning out of some other trammel crow or some big billion dollar company, the thing that they miss is earning the respect and trust of a customer is more important than selling something to them. And doing that through a hook, through a, a little, I'll call it gimmick, but it's a useful product. Like how do you show them that you bring them value? Something as simple as, Gosh, in like the 80s or 90s episodes, I interviewed the founder of Smappy. You probably have heard of Smappy out of the, out of EU, right? Um, kind of like Sense. Mm-hmm. And, and Curb. Yep. Yeah, and Curb. and Curb. And a lot of companies, my buddy Matt up in Canada started using this product as that catalyst, that Trojan horse, right? To knock the door, say, look, I don't want any, I don't, I, all I want to do is offer you something that costs about 250 bucks and it will instantaneously show you exactly where you've got vampire loads, where how your home is running. And set you up for the home of the future, right? Mm. I know solar companies that have done that for free. They've literally said, I'm going to gift this to you. If it doesn't bring you value in 90 days, I'll come take it away. If it does, then in 90 days, I want to be able to, I want to sit down with you and talk about what you should do about it, right? Think about that, the power of that and the ability as a business owner to invest in inventory and time and wait 90 days for results before you go make an ask.
1: I mean, yeah, that's that's the way it should be, right? That's the way it should be. And unfortunately, there's too many people out there trying to take, take, take. Um, and I tell the sales team all the time, you know, it's it's all about giving from the get go. Like, how can I give you, you know, value in every stage of the process? you know, from the second you call in for the discovery call to the second that you're, you know, ready to hear the proposal delivery, um, all the way to post-installation support. And you have to create value, you have to help people feel that they're part of your community and not just another transaction. Because if, if you know, there's there's just too many people out there focusing on, on profit and, um, you know, uh, not really taking care of the homeowner, as you know.
0: So true. So there are There are lots of ways to think about segmenting the market and determining your product mix. Something that has impressed me fundamentally about the way that you operate, the the two people that are your biggest fans that are also in my sphere of influence are two people on the absolute bleeding edge of product and at the, I'll call premium edge of delivery of product and service to the market, right? Uh, I'll call their names out, Carlos and Omid, but they are... Uh, in the storage side of the business and in the sort of rooftop product side of the business. I'd love to hear your philosophy as a business owner who needs to ultimately compete in the marketplace, how you think of out-competing the market by carving out a blue ocean, right? I mentioned in the outset that you are the number one installer for Span and Tesla roof everybody listening knows that you can't talk about Tesla unless Tesla tells you to. So feel free to duck that conversation as much as you need to. But I want to understand why you have it on your own home, how you became the number one installer, why you've picked the most premium products in the marketplace as your anchor point for where you position yourself in the, in, in the booming Texas solar market.
1: Yeah. Great question. So I'll start with, you know, i love premium products i think that um you know i've all always been a tech guy i've always been someone who embraces tech and, and and especially tech that has purpose and i believe clean energy is exactly that so you know i i think it's a flaw and a blessing at the same time you know when you adopt new technologies you deal with the growing pains um you you work through the bugs and it's tough, but um, it, it's also very rewarding. And the, the rewarding piece comes whenever you've figured out a difficult product. And now you're able to corner the market because you, you've either, you know, dropped your labor pricing because you've built so much labor efficiency. And I think that's super powerful uh, whenever you're looking at a new bleeding edge product that people are interested in. That's typically going to be Googled or YouTubed quite a bit. Um, It's going to drive traffic uh, to your channels. It's going to get people are going to validate your company. You know, they're going to give you the credibility because they're like, wow, you know, span says this about you and others. And so that's great. You know, I think span to me, uh, I was the first span installer in Texas. The first span installation happened in my, uh, my house. And it's just because of, of follow-up, you know, even if I talk to the sales team and I say, you know, what's more important, lead quality or lead follow-up. What's the answer, Nico?
0: Follow-up. The gold is in the follow-up.
1: I'm just kidding. Of course. Lead <laughs> follow-up, lead follow-up, lead follow-up, right? So um, I think a uh, partner follow-up, vendor follow-up, hey, when's this product coming out? Hey, when I want to be your first guy. Hey, when's this coming out? I want to be your beta. Um, and that's the kind of relationship I had built with all of our partners, You know, whether it be Panasonic at the time. So Panasonic recommended me to span. He was like, yo, you got to talk to Mo over at Good Faith Energy. And then you know, Span, I was like, hey, I want to be your first install in Texas and I want to do it on my house with my solar roof and with my power wall. Uh, and so obviously Span got interested in that and we worked through the bugs. You know, I will say there are some bugs and, and that's what you're going to get from new technology. And guess what? Now, when you're selling the product, you can set that expectation and say, hey, listen, Mr. Homeowner, Mrs. Homeowner, after the install, there's going to be about 30 to 45 days of commissioning. We just built a new microgrid at your home. You know, we're going to have to commission this and we're going to have to work through software bugs and so on and so forth. So being an early adopter allows you to communicate the most effectively to your customer base on what they can expect. And if you can do that, you're typically going to have clients that have a good customer experience and leave you good reviews and tell your friends and family about you. But if you don't, um, you know, it's the flip side.
0: Do you find that once you had installed it on your own home, your clients have more credibility with you or you have more credibility with them? Does it help your sales team to say our CEO has it installed? Yeah,
1: I mean, I can't tell you how many uh, tours I've done at my house with potential clients that walk out of there saying, you know, send me the papers, you know, and because when people see see it and they feel it, um, it becomes real. Otherwise, it's just been in digital images and on, on screens and they have no idea what to expect.
0: D- has Pablo gone in and done a digital, like a virtual walkthrough? So that you can do those home tours without needing to invite people all the time into your home as you scale, it's a
1: great idea. Um, I'm actually uh, we're shooting a video with Span next week for RE Plus, and they're gonna, uh, you know, so that's something that we might have to shoot.
0: You definitely should, man. Um, <laughs> you guys should collab. You'll you'll meet Josh Porter. He's uh, he's working with us. You'll be on. You'll see him on the daily roundup, uh, and he's done some product uh, videos for Span as well on his home. So. You guys are going to have a lot to to talk Let's about. Go. It's going to be a lot of. fun. Oh, we'll chop it up. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So, I'd love to hear a little bit about the business building. You are how many? You're now six years into building business.
1: Correct. Yeah. So we founded in 2018. Really operational since 16, and uh, we have about 70 employees. You know, we, we've we grown the business significantly. We bought a building, we installed the 170 solar panels on the roof. And so it's, it's fun to be able to, you know, practice
0: what you preach. Do you have storage on that building? Um,
1: we do, we have two Tesla Powerwalls. Um, we've had a couple outages, you know, they weren't very long, but and it's honestly been incredible we we doubled year over year up until about 2019 uh 20 and then you know we started growing at about 50% a year which is still a very respectable growth rate it's been amazing man i mean we're only really hyper focused on this pocket in in, in north texas uh, we've done some work in other markets but this is kind of our our home you know i'm from plano my neighbors from or my partners from garland uh and we we enjoy serving our community
0: what's been the hardest part of building the company so far for you?
1: So many hard things, um, all different at different stages. Um, I would say, uh, the hardest thing has been managing my own, um, probably emotions, um, my, my, my mindset, uh, mental state. I think, um, you know, you go through different, uh, peaks and troughs throughout the year. Uh, I call it the solar coaster for a reason, and um, that's been been very difficult in the early days i think the financials you know i'm not an accountant i'm not a a, you know finance expert and so up until we were about 10 million dollars in revenue um, i was able to manage the company kind of on my own uh, once we exceeded that number managing the cash flow the profitability you know all all these kind of financial areas has been a huge challenge uh primarily because i'm an organically grown business so i don't have you know vc money i don't have private equity money uh, i started the business with 40 grand and and organically grew it and you know luckily and fortunately the company's sustaining itself uh, it has for a number of years we're doing great we have a huge credit line with a lot of very very credible vendors and they love the way we do business you know if if your name is good faith energy you better do business in good faith
0: <laughs> fair enough fair enough When I talk to you, similar to the recruiter that brought you into Conoco, I I get why people follow you. I get the the high EQ that you bring to the table. You also are a deep thinker who spent a lot of time, to your point, about focus on your mindset and personal growth. I wonder if you thought about what messages you have to the world, to, to your children, and where, if you were given a stage like TED, for example, what would your TED talk be about?
1: Um, so for one, I think uh, embracing you, yourself, embracing your past, I think that uh, was a, a breakthrough for me because I had uh, gone through uh, the tragedy that I had gone through. I kind of you know came into my shell and uh, didn't want to leave it for a number of years, and and I think I had suppressed a lot of my you know negative emotions. Um, I I was always kind of this guy that had a big smile on his face, but on the back end, you never really knew what was going on inside me. I wasn't very open. I wasn't very vulnerable. Um, and I think that's what travel uh, taught me. And it allowed me to be more open and vul- vulnerable. It was just a really uh, an experience that, that changed my life. And then uh, certain experiences with uh, my siblings, my sister, you know, first time I heard her tell a group of people what had happened to, to my dad was transformational for me. I had never had the courage to, you know, in a, group, in a room full of people, tell them what had happened to me in the past. Uh, So I think when I stopped hiding from my past, uh, I really embraced who I was and kind of stepped into the shoes and the purpose that um, I have to fulfill here on earth. I think that, um, you know, uh, technology, you know, the adoption of technology, talking to people on on stage and, and a message is like, we're. We go around, we buy, you know, automatic lighting and, and shades and this and that and, and uh, home entertainment systems. and. But like, what about investing in clean energy technology and not necessarily boiling it down to when is my financial return? Because like, what's your ROI on your $50,000 shades all over your house? But so I've always wanted to send a message of like, if you're financially capable, if you have the resources you know, then invest in clean energy technology and be a light for the world. Like our, our future, when I mean, you see what's happened in Pakistan right now, you got like thousands of lakes, you know, glaciers that are melting. And what is that a result of like climate change? Um, Pakistan's responsible for less than 1% of the world's carbon emissions, right? They just happen to be in a country with a lot of altitude and a lot of glaciers. I think people need that message. Stop looking at everything from just a financial ROI. There's a triple bottom line ROI on solar, and there's not many products on this planet that can claim that, right? I'm gonna make a social impact because we're gonna hire local people to get on your home, to you know engineer this, to permit this and project manage it. You know, We're gonna lower the carbon footprint on the planet and we're gonna make a little bit of money to stimulate the tax base and grow the economy and create more jobs and so on. So I think that that message needs to be sent um, to everybody and anybody as well as like, you know, just embrace your past and, and um, be who you are.
0: Have you been curious about utility scale storage? SunGrow's revolutionary liquid cooled solution is revolutionizing the storage landscape. It's built in DC to DC coupling combined with other features like higher Energy density and 3% slower battery degradation make it a robust solution that companies nationwide are choosing. You can learn more about this innovative solution by SunGrow by visiting mysuncast.com forward slash SunGrow. Hey, pardon the interruption, but I wanted to just let you know how much of an impact you have on SunCast. Yeah, you. Thank you for clicking play. Without you, this show is just me shouting into the void, but there's still people who don't even know about Suncast. I know. I can hardly believe it myself, (laughs) but that's where you can help me yet again. There's a simple way that you can show some love and help others discover the show. If you cruise over to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash Suncast, I'd love it if you would leave a five-star rating and enthusiastic review. That's possibly the single kindest thing that you could do for me today. So if the show has helped, inspired, or even entertained you at all, I'd love it if you would head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast and give me a virtual two thumbs up. All right, back to today's episode. It's so true that you say that. I was just talking with someone yesterday about how podcasts generally, people think of them as like, oh, I got to grow a big platform. But it is a useful medium for capturing the leader's ideas and transmitting them to your marketplace. It doesn't matter if you get a 1,000 or a 100,000 other listeners. It matters that you know what to do with that content once you've captured it. And the ability to think about realtors since the 70s and 80s, have become thought leaders in their community to drive homeowners that are moving into their community to them as the person they should buy a house from by doing things like getting a local newspaper column, interviewing the president of the local business that drives this driving uh, new uh, new hires, interviewing the principal of the best school system, so that people wouldn't have to do all of that research, right? And then it ascribes value to you, the thought leader, about why they should trust you because you are bringing them trust. In a box, in a bottle right there, like you interviewing Arch Rao through your lens as the installer who has chosen his product is hyper valuable to your installers, whether I or anyone else ever listen to that podcast at all. And I think that's what people don't get about the power of podcasts right now.
1: I see the passion and I can feel it too. I mean, absolutely. You're right. Like I, I absolutely feel the same way. It's such a powerful tool. I have had people buy Solar and Span from us just because they watched that podcast and they loved it you know, and you don't really create this content with that intention. It is education and awareness campaigns. It's not a buyer intent type of campaign where you're on Google and someone searches, uh, you know, solar panel installer near me, you know, when you're creating, curating content you know, podcasting, you're hoping that somebody is getting inspired, you know, maybe a, a mile away from you or a thousand miles away from you, uh, doing something about it. Um, your message resonating with them and changing their life. And if you do that for one person over the course of your whole podcasting career, then you've, you you're, you're a success. And, um, one of the things I was mentioning earlier too, is that I, I believe that it's a great tool for my kids. You know, long after I'm gone, they can sit around and you know, they can hear conversations that dad used to have, right, with, and and again, I think of that stuff because I didn't really have any videos or photos or, you know, uh, sound recordings with my dad. And so having that for my kids is like, you know, uh, special to me.
0: It's so true, man. So two two stories here real quick. The first thing that you forget about someone who passes away is the sound of their voice, right? It's the first thing that slips away. The mental mm-hmm. images stay, uh, the memories stay, the sound of their voice. I've told hundreds of people at this point, before you lose the opportunity, just pull your iPhone out or your regular phone. <laughs> press record, press the voice notes and capture any conversation with the people you love. Capture anything because you mm-hmm. won't regret it. I have a uh, a mentee of mine. I met him on, an, on a plane flight. He was headed to Texas to, to sit with his grandparents and basically like watch them while they passed away. And uh, I said, "Don't get fancy. pull your phone out. record every conversation. He messaged me a year later and and talked about how profound an impact that made on him, and how he's so grateful for one conversation on an airplane that changed the course of his ability to remember his grandparents so that's one uh two Sorry, did you want to respond
1: i was i mean no that's the no no words needed i mean that that was that was so deep. I'm definitely gonna." implement that in my life. And I appreciate you sharing that with me because that, that is, that's an excellent piece of advice. Like,
0: well, we want to overcomplicate it with all my loved ones. Yeah. Like I said, we want to overcomplicate it. I said this to you before we started pressing, before we pressed record here, like, I'm using $2,000 with of gear. You're using like more than that cuz I know Pablo has told me what, what you guys are using. You have an impeccable studio. But you started out on Google Meet. My man, you started you recorded Allison Johnson on Google freaking Meet. Like and I am paying, you know, $5,000 for my podcast studio. Um and and you're getting you're getting like a ton of of, uh, of traction for. it. The second thing, I I remember very distinctly multiple friends that I've interviewed who have reached out to me when the episode published and said, can I please get an MP3 of this? I want to put it in my like digital vault for my kids who are too young right now to understand why mommy Mm -hmm. is, is always working. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's that for me, that is more meaningful Mm -hmm. than getting my next client. It really genuinely is because that, as you said, is the ability for communication to leave an indelible mark on society. Right? And we have a chance, even as CEOs of companies that are, are that are investing in this economy through our businesses, through our portfolio companies, we have a chance, even still, to build a platform that allows us to expand our voice because modern technology allows us resiliency in our home, but it also allows us to expand beyond our local neighborhood and talk to the world, one to many. That's what this mm-hmm. podcast is. And Thinking Green, which I hope folks will subscribe to, a link to in the podcast notes, is an excellent podcast. And I would, I will personally punch you in the throat if you stop thinking green
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i won't i won't dare to do so thank you so much nico for for all that
0: support i mean it means a lot i've got a couple more questions before before we um drop off here what are some of the marketing ideas that you've tested that have driven the most profitable opportunity to good faith so far
1: yeah, great question. Uh, a lot of different marketing campaigns. Um, one of them ha- was a, a review campaign. So we just asked clients to, to leave us good reviews for a hoodie. And we did that. And when they got their hoodies, they were going around showing all their friends and family their hoodies. And, and we got a ton of referrals from it. Um, uh, our Google lead source is our, our biggest lead source. Um, we run a lot of uh, pay-per-click um, you know, and then uh, just organic map listings findings. Yeah, the uh, Google my business of our presence in the local market. Yep, uh, Google my business, pay per click. Um, that's kind of your buyer intent keywords, and so that's typically our biggest ROI on marketing dollars. I don't really like buying leads from vendors. I'm like, hey, I'd rather spend that money to market Good Faith Energy, yeah, and build so a brand. That by the time the lead comes to us. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another big thing that we started doing this year, we started going on Good Morning Texas every month. Uh, That's been awesome. Uh, It's a big education awareness uh, type of uh, campaign, but we have generated a a bunch of money from it. And um, typically those clients are like, I saw you on Good Morning Texas, like I'm doing business with you. And that's great. You know, so, uh, you know, we don't really run a whole lot of Facebook ads. I think YouTube has been very successful for us uh, the amount of uh, uh, hits that we've seen on certain videos that we've pushed out. What's your uh, video strategy on YouTube?
0: For those who haven't watched your...
1: Yeah, so a uh, video strategy is find a topic that's hot that people want to know about and uh, shoot a good uh, uh, reproduction around it uh, and then send it to a bunch of outlets that you think would pick up the story if um you know uh, as soon as the video goes live uh so that's actually exactly what we did you know we pushed out a video about tesla solar roof versus hail and everyone wanted to know you know how does this thing compare to hail and we had a client that recorded a hailstorm, and he uh, on a solar roof and he had just recorded you know a minute clip or whatever of like this softball sized hail you know falling down from the sky We went out there the next day to inspect it, no damage. And so we went back and and shot a production video and said Tesla Tesla solar roof versus Texas sized hail.
0: That's so good. And you come uh, up with that. Pablo,
1: Pablo, no, that's all Pablo, man. And so he went out there with uh, with Jim, our director of roofing. I was not even part of the video and it was incredible. It went viral. Uh, It's got over 200000 views. Uh, we sold a number of solar roof projects from that video in Texas. Pretty amazing. And so I think uh, YouTube's always great because it lives there forever, pretty much. And, you know, it's every time a sales rep comes to me with a question and says, customer has this question. I say, well, did you see the YouTube video about it? Yes. (laughs) So that's
0: been fun. Yes. I want to tap this really quickly. So I think that people don't invest in marketing enough. And by that, I mean, like they'll go hire an agency and the agency doesn't understand your business, that you're going to spend so much time asking you your business. It's a rare agency like ours that really actually fundamentally understands where you're coming from. But even still, Pablo being inside knows what you're trying to accomplish on an X factor. How much uh, uh, X factor return uh, have you gotten from the investment in Pablo and all of the equipment? Because I know it's no small sum of the equipment he has basically to no, buy.
1: I mean, it's exponential. Um, you know, Pablo and I met when he was um, still a freelancer. He was shooting videos uh, for, you know, other clients. And I, he was shooting for me too. And uh remember the first time we always joke, like he gave away his first video to me for free. It paid off. It paid off. But um, it's been an exponential gain, Nico. I mean, uh, he's a wealth of knowledge. He's an engineer by background that picked up the camera one day and said, I like marketing and I like uh, video. Um, His expertise is in videography, um, but he's also got a lot of experience building websites and managing vendors and teams and um, you name it, software projects. Um, So it's, it definitely has been an X factor. I mean, you, you read the Rockefeller book about scaling, uh, scaling up, you know, you got three, three major categories, right? Uh, Leadership systems, marketing. If you're not investing in a good marketer or in a good agency that really has your back, you know, good luck scaling your business. Uh, You're never going to build your machine.
0: Couldn't have said it better. (laughs) You know, we've talked a bunch about you being on the bleeding edge and how it is a strategic advantage for you. But I gotta ask, you know, Seth Godin says sometimes you gotta understand, you gotta know when to stop digging. Where did you decide to stop digging as a bleeding edge uh, uh, evangelist? When did you cut too deep?
1: I've done it so many times in my career where I just get excited, my entrepreneurial in nature, you know, tosses me in a billion different directions. And I think the, the eye opener for me was when I started to lose people. And then in their exit interview, they'd say, I can't follow you. One day you want to do solar panels. The next day you want to install Nest thermostats. The day after we're putting in a NEMA plug. What's going on here? Like, w- what am I supposed to sell? Do
0: this is a part of the entrepreneur dilemma. You get this feedback and it's famously hard to decide how to focus and everybody says pick one thing right even now good mm-hmm. faith as an energy isn't picking one thing but what you what you told us in the story is the is the 2020 hindsight of what you did pick i'm gonna guess that was the the nest pro as the anchor product right you kind of dabbled in a lot of things and nest is one of the things that sort of unlocked the door for you how did you ultimately take that feedback from these exit interviews are just painful. It's like hyper-awareness uh, and critical feedback for you. How did you take that and turn it into an action plan? What did that look like?
1: Exactly what you said. It turned into an action plan. You know, I sat down and I flushed out my strategy and vision. And I said, like, our, you know, starting with our the five W's, who, what, when, where, why? Like, who are we? What do we do? Where do we do it? And I think what happened was for the longest time, I was just focused on a sales management role. And uh I got sat down. They're like, we need you to be the CEO. So naturally, I went on YouTube and I was like, How to be a CEO? <laughs> um, and I know I'm oversimplifying it, but I have some great mentors and I've looked around, but you have to have a sales and marketing plan, an operations plan, you know, and a delivery a, or service plan, you know, on the back. And you have to know you know, across the board, you have to have a marketing plan, then a sales plan, then an action plan. How are you going to execute this? And then a service plan on the back end. And so I started to put together what I'm responsible for, which are the first two big buckets. How do we market? How do we sell? And I just started flushing all that information out. And then guess what? I started to be more transparent with my staff. Hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is where we do it. Here's a document that you can look at if you ever forget. And I think people now respect your leadership when you're more transparent, you're communicating more, they understand where you're headed uh, versus every day it being, you know, um, a crapshoot. What's going to happen today? What's Mo going to ask me to do? (laughs) Right. And so I, I have had to go against my nature and change, you know, some of the innate entrepreneurial characteristics that I have to say, no, I need to, to flush out my ideas. I need to show people where we're headed. I can't just toss them in different directions all the time. And I think with new bleeding edge products, what I do now is instead of saying, you know, I'm the one pounding the vendor, I want to do this. And then I go all in and, you know, no, I get my new product integration manager. He buys a beta, he installs a beta, he produces a report. He comes back and he says, I think this is a great product. I think this is not a product we should ever service. Or I think this is a product we should service after this punch list has been addressed. And that buy-in that you get from you know engineering, from the service departments, the operations departments now, okay, sales, you can go sell this. Versus in the past, I'm always making decisions that are sales oriented. They're just oriented. How can I make some money? How can I bootstrap this to continue, you know, the 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 you know longevity, the survival of this organization? But at some point, you wake up, you say, I don't have to bootstrap anymore. I need to strategize. I need to make sure everyone knows where we're headed. I need to invest in my leadership. And I think that that's been extremely beneficial um, from a professional development perspective.
0: Well, all right, Solar Warrior, thank you so much for tuning in all the way through to the end. I hope that you take a lot away from Mohammed's business strategy and product choices for his business, the marketing efforts, including their podcast and YouTube videos, all the things that we learned from Mohammed for the challenges of scaling business and managing finances, lessons learned from exit interviews and focusing the business a little bit more. Mindset, personal growth, and even hacks and productivity tips. I so appreciate all the value that I got from Mohammed. I hope that you did as well. If you do, I'd love if you'd go take a moment on LinkedIn and share this episode. You'll probably easily find in the description the social media links that get to my socials, mostly on LinkedIn and Twitter. And you can just re-share the post that we have there. And leave us a comment. Let Muhammad know how much you appreciate that he took time out of his busy day in business building to teach you and I how he does it. Love to know how you do it. Feel free to reach out directly to me, Nico, at MySuncast.com. You can also go to MySuncast.com and a little pop-up will ask you if you'd like to leave a message. I respond to most of those, believe it or not. I do. Uh, so... Try me. And I'd love for you to try, if you're going to go to RE+, try to come by and visit the Power Up Live podcast stage. It's on level one this year. So add it to your show plan. You can go learn more at replus.com forward slash power up live. And you can also take your place on the stage as a sponsor or a guest. Find out more at replus.com forward slash power up live thank you for tuning in and i just really appreciate all the time that you've given and the feedback that i get from you if this is meaningful for you please like others leave us a five star rating and enthusiastic review so that others like you can find this show remember you are what you listen to thanks again for showing up Solar warrior it's half the battle